This message is proudly brought to you by the government of Zimbabwe. To protect yourself from the coronavirus, stay safe, stay healthy, stay clean. Yes, I'm on my way Need any friend And the way I feel now I guess I'll be with you till the end Guess I'm on my way Mighty glad you stayed Yes, I'm on my way So hard to see That a woman like you Could wait around for a man like me Yes, I'm on my way Mighty glad you stay Pleasure here are frequencies for your area around the country. Bay Bridge 88.5, Rutenga 101.1, Gwanda 89.0, Plumtree 88.3, Blauayo 90.0, Mashingo 105.5, Gwendingwe 94.5, Gweru 90.7, Kenma 90.4, Chivu 93.3 Mutare 105.8 Victoria Falls 92.9 Wange 
91.5, Gokwe 89.6, Kadoma 88.5, Rukoto 105.5, Harare 92.8, Mutorashanga 104.7, Mubi 90.4, Karoi 99.9, Mount Darwin 88.9, Kariba 91.7, St. Albert's 90.1 Classic 263 Now we talking
It's 24 minutes after 11 right here on a Classic at 263. If you're just joining us, welcome. My name is Tashinga Masawi, the voice of reason. And earlier on, I spoke about um, uh, the program that we're going to have today. This is uh, Bridging the Gap. This is a program that looks at bridging the gap that exists uh, between uh, the disabled and the non-disabled in our communities. And today we're looking at a mental health condition that's known as uh, schizophrenia. And I have with me in the studio today Farai Blakey, as well as uh, Timothy Sutole, and he's the project manager of the Zimbabwe National Association for Mental Health. I must say good morning to you, gentlemen, and welcome to Classic History. Good morning. All right, now I'll definitely start off uh, with you, Mr. Stole, uh, maybe just for you to explain to us and define what schizophrenia is. Schizophrenia is a very serious mental disorder that needs very close attention because it may result in complications if it is not well treated at the initial stages. It is a psychosis problem and it is believed that it is caused by some disorders in the brain, mm. brain chemistry, but the real cause is not known. Researchers have tried and are still trying to find the causes of this schizophrenia, but up to now, nothing concrete has been found out to be the cause. But there are some risk factors that are said to be associated with schizophrenia. One is that it is found within the family blood, mm -hmm. so it is passed from one generation to the other. Secondly, it may be a result of complications during pregnancy or childbirth, probably because of exposure to toxics or may be malnutrition. It can also be a result of use of mind-altering drugs. So these are some of the risk factors associated with schizophrenia, but the actual cause is not yet known. Mm -hmm. All right, so what are some of the signs and symptoms probably of somebody or individual who has a schizophrenia? Like any other mental disorder, people who are not or who have not experienced that or who are not the sufferers of that disorder see certain signs. But for the symptoms, I'm going to I will leave that to Farai to explain further on what people feel when they have that disease. Mm -hmm. But for like any other mental disorder, we see behavior change in people who have suffered or who are suffering from a mental disorder. Something that has changed in the in their everyday behavior is what we see. Things like maybe someone walks around or wanders around without anything of particular importance that he or she would be doing. Mm -hmm. We can also people see people changing their um, everyday behavior like dressing. You see people forgetting about their dressing. You can also see people with... Oh, when people speak in terms there there's no coherence in what they will be saying, if you try to engage in a conversation with them, you'll find out that maybe they will answer things that are not related to the questions that have been asked. So these are some of the signs that we can see as people from outside. Mm -hmm. Now, Farai, thank you so much for coming through and agreeing to share your story with us. Uh, tell us about your story and how you've actually managed the condition of uh, schizophrenia. Okay, my, my, my story begins in 2010. Mm -hmm. That's when I got my initial diagnosis. Um, there was a change in my behavior at home. I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't behaving as normal, normally as I used to do before. So my parents, noticing the change in my behavior, consulted a local practitioner doctor in the area that we, that we live. 
and the doctor told them to visit IMAX with me. So mm-hmm. that when we went there, that's when we realized that psychosis had a psychological problem. Mm-hmm. So since 2010 up until now, I've been I, I am getting treatment from the perinatal group of group of hospitals for schizophrenia. Uh, my personal experience is this. Mm, I have instances where I have delusions. Mm-hmm. So what in a, in a normal setting, I might have different perceptions. I might see, be seeing the things in a different way. So you don't, if you don't conversate with me, you might think or assume that we are on the same level. But when the when the triggers are there and I'm in my psychotic state, maybe what's normal, what's real to other people might be different in my personal perspective. Mm-hmm. Is it something that just started all of a sudden, or you've always had signs and symptoms either from an earlier age? Mm, it's something that just started. Like Mr. Sola has mentioned, there were things that I did during the time when I got my initial diagnosis. I smoked weed. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was going out, I was spending a lot of time out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would stay up and watch TV through, through the night. So there were a lot of contributing factors prior to. Um, the initial diagnosis, so the triggers, weed, mm-hmm. then those. Okay, so when you, when you say weed, we're talking about because maybe our listeners are there <laughs> to understand. So you actually, this is marijuana or mbanje? Yeah, mbanje. Okay. Yeah. Alright. So um, there, was a, there was a funeral in the family. Mm-hmm. There was a total traumatic experience that with the weed and the, and the, and the, and the, and the trauma, mm-hmm. the combination then led to schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Alright. Okay, and. For you, um, you know, um, having to go through this, um, what were your feelings? Probably, especially when you got the diagnosis that you probably you have this condition. Uh, my feelings, I'll join it with what I thought at the time. Mm-hmm. Initially, I thought I was the one, the only person who was suffering from this condition. Yeah. So I didn't feel like if I had to explain it to someone, what but if I was to explain what I felt to someone, they would understand what it, it was that I was feeling. So I felt alone, I felt confused. Mm. Uh, my condition had elements of paranoia, so I was paranoid, I didn't trust people, I felt like people would want to harm me. I didn't talk, I would isolate, I would stay in a closed up space. I didn't watch TV anymore, I didn't go out and socialize anymore, so that's what it was. Mm. Alright, and he's talking about his experience and mm-hmm. the triggers that came with it and he's saying that, you know, there were prior conditions, obviously, that led to his schizophrenia and he's admitting that he took drugs, this is in the form of margin, and also his sleeping patterns and he went out a lot and this could have been the trigger. Mm. With, in your work, have you come across other people with schizophrenia and aligned to what Farah is talking about? Yes, that's very true. There are quite a number of them and it is one of the most common disorders that we find in our country or in other countries maybe to add on to what he has said in men it, it usually manifests in the from mid 20s to late 20s mm-hmm. then in women from mid to, to, to late 20s to late 20s again so some of the signs and symptoms that Farai has said or that are known are also similar to what people experience in their teen years. So at times a person might have schizophrenia and it is manifesting when they are still in their teens, but people may not notice it because they think maybe it's some sign of teen development. So what he has said is very common. People have delusions. People have hallucinations. People just alter their, their, their daily activities. We can also have people 
who have deserved postures. Someone just stands there doing nothing. And if they try to do a certain activity, most of the activities have no go at all. They'll just be doing it for the sake of doing. Then neglect of personal hygiene. I think this is very common. This is what we see in most people. So there are people out there who might have this condition, but because they still care about their hygiene, we may not know. And we only know those people that we see who neglect their hygiene. Then we say these people have a mental disorder. But there are many people out there who have this condition. All right, and um, you know, you talk about um, people, you know, not taking care of their personal hygiene. But I, you talk about hallucinations. When you say hallucinations, you know, what is it that you're talking about? What is it that you see, uh, you know, when when you're hallucinating? Um, hallucinations, um, basically, can be classified into two. Mm -hmm. They're visual hallucinations. They're auditory hallucinations. Okay. So you might be seeing, you might be seeing things that are out there. Like I said. What is what what a normal environment is to you might be different to what what I perceive as perceive it to be. So I I, I had visual hallucinations. I see things that are not there. I see people that are not there. And mm. um, I would also have auditory hallucinations. I hear things that are not happening at the time. So that contributed to that paranoia. I would say I heard something and I asked machine for. And no one is yeah. So that's 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 the kind of hallucinations I had, visual and auditory. Mm -hmm. All right, now going for treatment, how has this helped you? And do you, do you think that you've gotten the help that you need in, in the best way possible? Um, Treatment-wise, uh, initially the medication, the pills that they were giving me were not were not helpful. Mm -hmm. I still I drank them, I experienced all the side defects, but they didn't they didn't address the psychological problem. And then I think late two two years back, that's when they actually found a drug that was suitable and effective. So once I started taking that drug, I was able to actually function normally. I could go out. Uh, I was even paranoid to leave the house. I couldn't get this far mm. prior, but wow. now you're here. Yeah, and, and we're having a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. So the pills helped out. Initially, we started with like from the start, we would go to doctors. Would sorry, would go to. Um, church, mm -hmm. they would have their personal opinions, like they didn't quite understand it, so they would advise, but then the advice wasn't consistent with what the doctors eventually said. Same thing with family, you would tell them, this is this, and they'd be like, so, so doctors and the medication actually help. Up until now, I'm functional, I managed to go back to school, I studied, um, any task that I'm given now, prior, I couldn't do anything, now I can actually work on it thing and finish it. I read, I watch TV, I enjoy TV, I still go out. Now I go out married now, experiencing a kid, so life is actually starting to progress as I wanted it before the diagnosis came. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, now, Mr. Soli, he's talking about the help that he's got, and what are the treatment options that are available for people with schizophrenia? Our advice is organizations which deal with mental health, we always encourage people to seek early treatment because that's the way to go because the terms if you go when it is late you may not say or realize the, the benefits of treatment and people may think that it's not working because schizophrenia or any other medical disorder is a medical condition which requires medical treatment so these drugs help though there are side effects like in any other treatment it varies or it differs with a person from person to person how the, the drugs react to, to or a person reacts to certain drugs 
as an, an organization, yes, I'm not at liberty to disclose some of the drugs on air because person might diagnose himself or herself, then go and buy the prescription from the pharmacy. We are only into we encourage people to go for medication. Then as an organization, what we do is to to do rehabilitation with a center as an organization and we encourage people to go to other centers after diagnosis so that they are rehabilitated because with schizophrenia in most cases a person loses skills like I mentioned earlier on that a person may lose the sense of hygiene a person may even forget how to dress I was talking to someone last week with a similar condition instead at times he hears voices which tells him to remove clothes and he obeys those voices that he will be hearing so these people actually have or live in a world of their own. So when they start treatment, we, as an organization or as organizations, we encourage them to go for rehabilitation where they are reskilled in basic things that they have to do in, or, or in normal day life. 23 minutes before we get to uh, midday right here on our Classic uh, 263. Joining me in the studio today on the program Bridging the Gap, I have with me uh, Timothy Sitole. He's the project manager from the Swabo National Association of Mental Health. And I also do have with me Farai Blakey, who actually um, has the condition of schizophrenia that we are discussing uh, this morning. And uh, he's just uh, spoken to us about how um, his condition, uh, what, what triggered his condition, and also that um, uh, the treatment options that have been uh, made available for him and where he is now. But when we look at our society, like you were mentioning uh, earlier on, Farai, that they took you to church, and obviously because of the society that we come from, um, there's a lot of labeling that comes through, there's a lot of discrimination that comes through. How did you and your family in particular handle this, and what are some of the things that you went through? Mm, I went through a lot. Uh, one of the things was being cast, like they tried to cast demons out. Mm. It was a, a, a medical problem. So that that was degrading sometimes. I like you. You just want to conversate and tell the pastor what's going on, and then from nowhere they start praying for you. So I'll give you one example of what society has done. Um, one good and one bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the good was uh, they like the church, the church environment that I used to go to. Like they would, they would, they would take me on church camps. That helps out a lot because I started socializing again. I started getting involved with other people, I started making friends, I started twerking. This is, this is, these are important things to me because I couldn't do them. Mm. I couldn't read, I forgot how to read, I forgot how to write. I'd relearn certain things. I learned pronouncing words, I lost my English. I started learning again how to speak and pronounce words properly. So over time, the society that I was in, church-wise, they made sure the around people my age would t- help me when I was not acting normal and they would try to include me in certain things. And a negative thing that actually happened was uh, when I started dating my current wife, people that I knew about the condition went behind my back and disclosed it to her. Mm. So usually medical, psycho- psychological problems, uh, psychosis is, are supposed to be kept private. Mm-hmm. If you have a psychosocial or intellectual disorder, the doctor and you are the only people that are supposed to actually know about it unless they be consent to actually disclosing it like I'm doing now. So people went and then started saying certain things about the condition. And they said, they told her I'd be violent. I've never been violent. Mm-hmm. They told her, like, I can't function and I'm working now. I can actually do things. So they disclosed, like, them disclosing what they didn't know about put my relationship at risk mm-hmm. now. 
So those are the two things that I can actually point to. I managed to get start making friends again. I started to add people that were assisted, they supported, and certain things that I was able to do prior, but I'd forgotten how to do. And here I am. Mm-hmm. Did that strain your relationship? Uh, it did. It did for maybe a week or so. Mm-hmm. But we started. We managed to actually start talking again, and I tried to explain it the best way I could. I didn't hide it from her. The, I had intentions of having her see me in a functional state, then I'll disclose it to her eventually. Mm-hmm. All right, and also you s- you speak about the church and um, people trying to cast demons out of you, and obviously one of the things that we know as well, because we come from a very cultural society as well, people tend to point fingers at people with mental conditions, but that way you are, they've been bewitched and things like that. Did you go through any of these things? I did go through them mm-hmm. because people would refer us to people that dealt in that way. Yeah. I went to most places mm-hmm. and they had good intentions. They wanted to help, but they couldn't. And when we went to our doctors now and started taking medication, there was a difference, a big and huge difference. And I started doing things that I wanted to do. Stephen Craning takes your ability away. You can't function normally. You can't work, you can't think, you can't do certain things for yourself. But when you start taking the medication, it starts to correct the, 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 the problem, like the dysfunction. Mm-hmm. It starts to address it medically or chemically. So you start being able to do certain things and suddenly act normally again. Mm-hmm. All right, it's um, 19 minutes before we get to midday on Classic Six. If you've got a question that you'd like to ask Farai, feel free to do so. Uh, or even the question that you'd like to ask uh, Mr. Stoli, you can get in touch with us on 0719-498-651. That is our WhatsApp number. And uh, Farai has the condition schizophrenia and he's just uh, walking us uh, through his journey. And um, uh, Mr. Stoli is uh, the um, um, project manager for the Zimbabwe National Association of Mental Health. And uh, you can also call in directly to the studio if you'd like to uh, call in at 0242-498-651 0242-498-651 that is our number you can get in touch with us there alright now for I know that a lot of times people tend to focus on um, the patient as well and what they went through you know and they forget about the caregivers as well what are some of the things that your parents went through and how as well did they become your pillar to ensure that you get back to functionality okay um, I'll, speak, I'll speak first of my dad mm-hmm. um, I have a condition that he didn't know how to address or help with really caused him a lot of problems personally he was, he was withdrawn to what he used to do, like socially, he wasn't able to go and hang out with his friends. Uh, the, the week that I was actually acting funny, like initially, like the first day that I, saw, I felt sick and they could see, he had to stop going to work for a whole week. It also did like his self-work, mm-hmm. he felt like he was responsible the way. So our relationship changed from one way we were masculine to one way he was always sympathetic and trying to make sure I was well taken care of. So he changed it changed a lot for him. He since like I was like wasn't twenty ten, he died in twenty thirteen. But he was just he kept on trying to look for solutions, trying to look for ways for me to actually recover. He would look for pastors like I said, he would mm. look for friends, I would try to explain it to him. So he was he was shaken up. And for my mother, she's the one caregiver that I've had since the, my father died. It changed a lot for her. Like she had things that she wanted to do. Now she had to devote most of her time to taking care of me. That she had personal plans that she had, and her life and my dad's life really changed dramatically because now they had to 
focus on me and I'm a grown up that to live meaningful productive things I actually attend to me at the time Mm-hmm. I think Mr. Stella, you, you can touch on this one as well, that you know, the things that caregivers go through as well, people a lot of times tend to focus on the patient and forgetting as well about the caregivers of patients with mental conditions. Thank you very much. That's what we are for is organizations to help in mental health because we have seen that it takes a toll on both the caregiver as well as the person who is suffering. Because like Father has alluded to, most of the productive time is taken away while people are trying to look after a person who is supposed to be looking after himself or herself. So actually productive time is lost. Assets are also lost. People sell things trying to find solutions to this problem. So that's why we encourage people to seek medical attention so that they can help, get help. Because these drugs that people get from hospitals are the ones that will act as assistive devices. Because we talk, when we talk of mental disorder, or it's a disability just like any other physical disability. People need this medication to function. Because like I said before, this condition cannot be treated so that it goes away completely if it sets its roots in a person. So what is needed is just to have medication so that at least it is suppressed if the person is able to function normally on medication. So our appeal is organizations which deal with people with mental disabilities is for all stakeholders to come up and put our heads together so that maybe we can put resources together so that mental health is taken care of because without mental ability or mental health everything else is also distorted because it is interconnected with physical as well as social being of a person Mm. Mm. Roy, do you have any fears um, when it comes to uh, uh, your condition now? And you know, looking back at what you went through, what are some of your biggest fears? Mm, um, I do not have any fears. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've tried to research and study the condition, to mm-hmm. understand how it um, affects my brain. So, in terms of everyday waking up, brushing your teeth, bathing, uh, working, um, conversating, you know, socializing, all the other things that any other normal person can do, I can do. When this condition came about, I didn't know I could do this. I felt like I lost total control of my brain. So now that I actually know I can still do certain things, that helped in a way to take away the fears. Uh, people would classify schizophrenia as a 